Welcome to Cryptids of the Corn. Each week, Justin and Jay take a look at a topic in the crypto and paranormal world. They focus on the Midwest and Appalachia of the U.S., but sometimes they venture out. With everything from well-known monster sightings to one-off cryptids, live person interviews to actual fieldwork sneaking in some science lessons, there's sure to be something you'll enjoy. Please join us this episode of Cryptids of the Corn. Welcome back. I'm the mysterious Justin. And I'm the giant Jay. Ooh. Together we are Cryptids of the Corn podcast. <laughs> everything from, uh, we do everything from paranormal to cryptozoological to UFO to all the stuff in between. All that crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we focus the Midwest and Appalachia, but not always in those areas. More often than not, we're outside of that. Uh, I don't know. We do a lot in Appalachia. We do a lot in the Midwest. Yeah, we do quite a bit. All right. So this week, we're going very, very, very far north. Ooh, how should I prepare? Cold. It's cold. Oh, yeah. Get my we're going to Port Lock. It's on the Kenai Peninsula in Alaska. Ooh. Do you know the Kenai Peninsula has, like... A lot of grizzly bears. I don't know what the Kenai Peninsula is for sure. Is the that, big peninsula? It's at the that, bottom. That big part that comes off the bottom. No, of the state? it's not that thing. Oh, okay. No, it's just a piece. Okay. I don't know. All right. So we're going to talk about Portlock uh, and mm. how it pertains to Bigfoot, but there's also ghosts and all kinds of weird stuff happened at Portlock. Oh, okay. Uh, nearby, there's even a giant uh, polar bear. Oh. Like a twenty-foot-tall polar bear. Wait, you mean like? Like There's, real or like a like a stuffed one. This is the Kenai Peninsula. Okay. Cool. I had a visual aid map. Mm-hmm. Very helpful. Anyways, so the abandoned ghost town in Alaska is downright bone chilling. Oh. oh, and this article we're going to kind of base this off of is by onlyinyourstate.com. Oh, okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. They do a little bit of everything about your state. You know, whatever state you're in. You're that you're in. Yeah, I mean, you could look in to whatever I state. I'm just saying. Our listeners, though, mm-hmm. if, if you're if you live in a state, they got it. They got it. <laughs> so, on the southern tip of the Kenai Peninsula, you'll find Portlock, the whole town that disappeared in Alaska. Bum bum bum. Spooky. Uh, with only a few rotting houses left and a once vibrant village, although the Aleut people, I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, have lived in the southern tip of the Kenai Peninsula for thousands of years now. Okay. Uh, no one had a settlement in the area of Portlock until the 1780s. It was an area that was un- nobody understood why it was being avoided. It was uh, so basically, I'll get into the explorers and stuff that founded it. But all these little villages that are on the were looking for these harbors or bays that yeah. were protected from the ocean, but still had ocean open a- open ocean access right. for big ships. Uh, so. Yeah. So they were wondering why this place had never been settled? Nobody was wondering why. It was just weird they had never been settled because it's amazing. Right. And it's, it's a very good area. 1700s is not that old, you know, for world exploration. Mm-hmm. The 1700s, I mean, I think it's the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. That's about when we were getting over there. Pretty much everything we were seeing over there was for the first time by white people. Okay. By the 17s? Yeah. By the Yeah. Yeah. Because it took a long time to get over there. Mm-hmm. And up there, you know, is. It's as far away from the first landing as possible. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> um, but anyways, 
So the thriving town remained until everyone abandoned the village in 1950. Okay. Uh, with most residents moving to nearby villages down the coast. A mine tunnel, house uh, pilings, and rusted and the rusted cannery equipment are all that remain of Porklock. So there was a, a fish cannery there we're going to talk about later because uh, it was just one of some of the best salmon fishing. Mm. So they're literally like catching salmon with nets. The river is right there that the salmon are spawning in. Yeah. They're pulling them. That'd be nice. Um, but yeah. So the cannery. Sorry, was I, was, I was trying to catch up while I was reading. That's okay. Uh, but yeah, so the cannery, there is a mine that we're going to talk about for, chrome, or for chromium, which is chrome. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about So uh, how, what caused everybody to leave? An unexplained hairy creature continuously assaulted and stalked villagers, murdering them and leaving their bodies a tangled, distraught mess oh my all over the town. Uh, Port Lock, Alaska lies on the southern end of the Kenai Peninsula in south-central Alaska. The village of Port Lock was established by the Captain Nathaniel Port Lock of the Royal, or the Royal British Navy that landed there in 1787. It was an unexplored, beautiful area filled with fish and plenty of space. Okay. So that's kind of your, your uh, taste of what we're about to talk about. It sounds like a little paradise. But yeah, so... Um, like, one of these other explorers that doesn't get talked about a lot is Stellar. His name was Stellar. Oh, okay. Uh, he was not the captain. He was actually on one of these exploring vessels. So these vessels were just looking for places to put put outpost. Okay. Um, but they'd have biologists and stuff on there. And he was Stellar was one of the biologists, so, like, the Stellar Sea Cow was named after him. Ah. And one of the cryptid we may cover uh, later is the Stellar Sea Ape. Hmm. Which was, he had reported seals. Uh, that's one of the biggest things. He was not, he, there's some problems with Stellar, the guy. But he had already drawn a lot of depictions of seals. Okay. Of all the seal species that were there. Yeah. And so, so everybody was like, well, he just drew a seal. Because it's like a seal with a baboon top. Okay. So he called it a sea ape. He's like, it's like a baboon's out in the open ocean. It looks, and it has hands and stuff. So everybody's like, oh, he misidentified a seal. That doesn't make a lot of sense because he already had drawn tons of seals with accurate depictions. He's, yes. He knew very well what a seal was. Right, yeah. Or all the species of seal that were there. So, it just a little tidbit. Right, it's not a mistake you would it's think. Not, you would I think could that see would somebody a mistake, making a mistake. But not him. But not him in that yeah. aspect. At that point in time, yeah. So some people just think he made it up, which is quite possible. He was bored. Hmm. The captain was very mean to him. Oh, well, that's not very nice. Mm-hmm. Okay, so residents of the nearby villages of uh, Sheldova, Nilwaka, and Port Garmin also reported that the area is haunted, uh, including Port Lock, which is uh, also called Port uh, Catham. Um, but yeah, Cat- and then Catham Bay and Chrome, which they called this site, this area Chrome, because it's literally the site of the chromium mine. Okay, so they just called it Chrome. Yeah. <laughs> which is just it just is something i was re when i was doing my reading for this i was like that doesn't make any sense it's not very creative you know yeah but i guess it, it just i mean it makes all it's the big hole in the side of the mountain that chrome comes out of <laughs> yeah all of it <laughs> so uh yeah portlock began to become well known as one of the creepiest places in alaska many are afraid to visit the area due to the unexplained circumstances that continue to happen in this small town to this day Oh, future but, yeah. research site? No. 
Oh, maybe. It's it's hard to get to. Not not because I'm scared of it. It just is expensive. Very expensive to get to. Well, if there was if any of our friends out there if somebody writes us a check for five thousand dollars, we'll be there tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> uh but anyway, so we're gonna get into some of the weirder stuff that happened in Portlock. Any questions so far? Um No, I don't think so. You're just setting the scene. Yeah. That's all, pretty much all we are. But yeah, it's just so weird how uh, productive the area is and how nobody still goes back into it. And we'll talk about a show that came out about it later. Okay. Um, but in 1905, it was reported that all the workers left their cannery jobs due to something mysterious that was bothering them at camp. The cannery workers returned the next season, but unexplained events were continually reported. There was an air of fear in the mystery that began to prevail over the small town. So about like 80% of these workers were natives. Okay. And when we get a little bit later in the story, that's why most people left. That's because we're going to talk about the Nantinuk or the Notinuk. I can't say it right. I've heard it pronounced. It's like the Nantinuk. I think I know what you're talking about. I've heard of this before. Yeah. The Otter Man. Okay. Um, or Bigfoot. It's just a Bigfoot. Oh, it's just another it's a local word for Bigfoot. An Inuit version? Yeah. This is these aren't Inuits. Oh, they're not. Okay. Um anyways, so when we get to why everybody left, it makes more sense when you look at that most of these people were native and knew the legend and knew what was coming. Mhm. Cuz there's signs that you got to watch for. Okay, like in their folklore or mm-hmm. something, I guess. So hunters and gold miners uh who headed into the mountains started to disappear. So basically, these people that would go further away from camp, they were using the camp as like a base, mm-hmm. uh, just started not coming back. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Uh, so that's sign one. Yeah. Never good on the job site. In uh, 1931, one man that was chopping wood was found murdered. Uh, also. Seemingly by a single blow that seemed strong, uh, any, stronger than any human could manage. Uh, this alerted the townspeople. His head was smashed. Okay. Yeah, in layman's term. Uh, he was puttied <laughs> up from the neck up. Oh, man. But it looked like it was just one kind of like... A, Crack. Yeah, just one... Something f- like either a massive tree mm-hmm. would do this, but except there was no tree on top of him. Right. Well, sometimes trees, when they squish you, they bounce really far away. Really, so really far away. Know. Beaver carried it away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so that's, the, that's like the first actual body the town found. Okay. So <laughs> why the town wasn't as alerted by the uh, miners and mountain men disappearing mm-hmm. is because they were kind of loners already. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not so odd that they just stopped coming back. Correct, because there's not a body to, like, say. And the gold miners, you know, gold miners kind of killed gold miners all the time. Hmm. Okay. So that was a little different. You know, that was that was just the name of the game for them. An unwritten, almost. Uh, it's just how it worked. Yeah. Not law, but like fear, I guess. Yeah, nobody nobody was too worried about it because only gold miners kill all their gold miners. Like it's just they're not coming to kill you, right? Yeah, it's it's, it's in that field. Yeah, and it stays in that yep, field. Yep. Uh, so moving on, it's a cutthroat field. Mm-hmm. One group of uh, that was hunting moose reported finding giant footprints that were also stalking the same herd of animals. Oh my gosh! They arrived at the site of a bloody <laughs> battle, but no moose was found. Footprints over 18 inches long heading from the spot into the foggy mountains uh, were found. Occurrences like this began to show up regularly. Mm. They started finding just these piles of blood mm-hmm. and footprints everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? I guess I may have skipped over it too fast. They didn't find a moose. They found enough blood 
for there to be a dead moose. But no dead moose. Yeah. Which so that's what really scared him because none of the predators in Alaska, as of that, yeah, you know, they don't they don't cache their food like that. Then when they kill a moose, right? They take what they can get right there, and then yeah, like bears and like because big bears are really what you're thinking about wolves and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, they don't take food away. What I, that's funny to me is like that's what scared them. There being no moose. What would have scared me is when I'm following these moose tracks. There's something else following a moose. Well, they got, these guys were hunting around wolves constantly, mountain lions, grizzly bears. But so they were used to other predators sure. in the area hunting the same herds of animals they were hunting. But an 18-inch foot track? Now, we, we've talked about bear double step on this before. That's true. That's true. But my, my, maybe my flags would have gone up and at that point. And this is where the lar- area is where some of the largest bears in the world are found. Oh, wonderful. Like sloth bears? No, I mean living grizzlies and Kodiaks. Okay. Kodiak Island is where the biggest bears in the world, biggest Kodiaks are found. Okay. I've heard but, of yeah, that before. Alaskan grizzlies are just mean, monstrous. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So now we're getting to our first visual. Okay. One sighting saw, or one resident saw a huge, hairy man destroying fishing wheels along the beach. He ran back to get his gun, and when he returned, the beast had just stared at him and just slowly started to walk off. With these sightings, unease began to, uh, to ramp up in the town. So this is, they're getting closer and more aggressive. Mm-hmm. Closer and more aggressive. Not good. Uh, so the first people, like we said, that probably died from this thing were the mountain people that were going way into probably what we're going to talk about, its range. Okay. And then once the line is crossed, it just, now it's... Open so season, have you ever basically? seen a fishing wheel? A fishing wheel? Yeah. So it's amazing. The uh, Native Alaskans developed these giant wheels. It's They're amazing. Uh, so basically, it's like a Ferris wheel that has these boxes in it, and they kind of keep going through. And salmon swim into the box while they're going, and then when it dumps the box into a pile. Oh. So they're, they're I'm not giving it justice. They're giant. Yeah. Uh, some of them are humongous. Like how many feet? Uh, I've seen, I'm sure they're bigger. But I've seen twenty foot diameter ones. Holy or 30, moly! I, I've probably seen thirty foot diameter ones on uh, on YouTube videos of Native Alaskans still using the original ones. Holy moly! Oh, okay. So like they're big. The, the river will push it. Yes. And then they'll collect. The It'll collect this. Yeah. And it just okay. It is pretty innovative. It, yep. It is very uh, passive amazing. fishing. Yeah. It, yeah. So, but this creature is destroying these salmon baskets or these oh. salmon wheels. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so now well, we they were st- probably using the wrong streaming service. That's why they destroy them. Oh, and never mind. That's from like South Park or something. Oh, I was like, what are you talking about? Okay, <laughs> never mind. Yeah, so now we're uh, we're starting to get to it amps up again. So as we've kind of gone through already, it keeps kind of just stepping up. Okay, well, and yeah, stepping up. So you go from a couple guys in the mountains disappearing. missing to a guy's head being turned to putty and smushed yes. in. To uh, moose and other wildlife uh, seemingly being harvested <laughs> yeah. violently by something. Very, and then a, and then fishing equipment being destroyed. Mm-hmm. Okay. So bodies that were uh, discovered having washed up uh, down the river into the lagoon. So basically there's a river that runs beside camp that goes up into the mountain. Mm-hmm. There's a lagoon. Uh, so the cannery's built right on the river because that's where the salmon are being caught and then, you know, being... Canned. Uh, so bodies started uh, washing down the river and ending up in the lagoon. Strange wounds on the uh, bodies that no bear could make. Because that's originally what people thought. Okay, bear. Because they're not... Once again, people died here. 
mm-hmm. before you know all the weird stuff. It, death is a in these frontier kind of towns. Isn't nothing new, right? Yeah. Uh, but now it's weird because it's not a bear. It doesn't seem. Uh, the loss of life started taking a toll on the small community, and fear really started to set in. People just started to leave mass. Like we uh, we talked, like I kind of said earlier, the native population was like, "Oh, that's Nantinuk. We're gonna leave now." Yeah, because that's what he's saying. Time it's, to time, go. it's time to go. We yeah. overstepped. Uh, with all these unexplained disappearances and murders, they keep calling them murders. Uh, no one felt that they could take a chance and continue to live there. But yeah. So residents took off in mass in 1949, leaving their houses and the nearby chromium mine and the cannery, the teacher's cottage, the large schoolhouse uh, to return to the wilderness. They just left. Everybody, like I said, once the natives left, the native workers they had, yeah. they really couldn't operate. Right. That's a huge chunk of your workforce. Mm-hmm. And so this left uh, Port Locked as one abandoned town in Alaska, and no one or not or, and one many people never wanted to return. That's a weird way to write that. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so far, what do you think? It sounds very scary. Uh, one point I thought of was when those bodies come floating down the river. I hope none of them ended up in any of those cans. No, they had. It's not like that. Oh. Phew. Okay. They they had to take the fish inside to be cleaned. Oh, okay. Shoot. So it's not like they're just sucking fish out of the river and they end up in a can. Yeah. Like a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, no. But, uh, and we're going to go back through the story uh, more fine here in a minute. Mm-hmm. We're just kind of brushing through the story. Only the postmaster remained at this point. The last guy left? The last guy. Oh, After man. a year alone, the postmaster closed the office in 1950. And he was the last resident of Portlock, and he left the town. Even the postmaster couldn't continue on in this town. This town experienced over 50 years of hauntings, murders, disappearances before the town people gave in and left. Literally, from 1905 to 1950. Yeah, this was going on. They were his constant death. But in the that one, the 1949 is when, like, not we're going to call Nantanuk really stepped up. Yeah, like um, made its presence officially known. Yeah. And now we're going to talk about Nantanuk, or Altuquak. There's a couple of different ways of, or different names for this thing in this area. Okay. But the local dialect of Alguac, I'm going to say, is the language in the area. And the beast is called Nantanuk, or the half man, half beast, or the otter man. The otter man. Mm-hmm. And that's not because he's half otter. No. That's because of um, his love for the water. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Nantanuk was always in the water. So before we continue, continue, let's go over the story. Okay. Yeah. Because now it jumps up. The next section we're going to talk about is the 1970s. So 20 years mm-hmm. after that. Okay. Mm-hmm. After the town was abandoned? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, so it was established in 1780. And there was always, I want to make it very clear, there was always weird murders. Yeah. Weird disappearances. They were never in any great numbers, though. In this, like we said, this is a frontier town. Mm-hmm. It's not the frontier we think about, but it is a frontier town. Uh, this is the edge of civilization. <laughs> yeah, right. Death was common. People killed each other, like we talked about with the gold miners. Mm-hmm. Like most of the time, gold miners. I know specifically out west, not not so much Alaska, but out west, most gold miners died from other gold miners. And a lot of it was uh, so we were legally allowed to because claim jumping and stuff like that. 
So, oh. once you, so basically, you would file a claim for this section of creek or river. Yeah. That's yours to yeah. work for X years or a year or whatever the, the, the contract is. And you walk on and somebody's on your ground. You don't know how much of your gold they've taken. You don't know how much the gold they have is your gold. So you just shoot them. Wow. So a lot of it was uh, thought of as justified. Right. And some of it was. Some of it was a oh, way sh- to get people, though, you know, your neighbors away. I'm sure it would be. So some people took advantage of the loopholes in the system. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to live by that guy. Oh, man. So it's still similar up there. And the mountain men, they lived rough lives. Mm-hmm. So for them to die was not anything out of the ordinary. Yeah. And those were definitely the first sets of people that were not coming back to town anymore. Okay. But they would go way up into the mountains and stuff like that. Sometimes, you know, months and months at a time. Were they like trappers and stuff? Yeah, there was some trappers, some hunters. Okay. uh, Just people that lived out there. Yeah. And used the town to come back to and just trade furs and stuff. And then gold miners, you know, gold miners would work a claim for months sometimes. Mm -hmm. And then before they come to town to sell their gold. But so gold miners, you know, they all do have to come back into town at some point. Right. Yeah. In order to exchange something. Mm -hmm. But there was all kinds of harassment at camp like from the whole time and this creature was seen standing at the edge of this like uh from the, the cannery in the camp at the town was there was a big grass field and then the, the, it was just forest yeah it was seen on the edge of this almost daily okay just like watching yeah and that was more towards the end of it when it started getting really aggressive it would literally stand and watch them every day probably watching their routines i mean it was it was the natives would say Nantanuck was just extremely angry. And it seems like it was always kind of angry, but it was only punishing people that went past this imaginary line. Mm, okay. But then something changed. Did it come into town? But that's when it started coming in. And I mean, literally these bodies were being, like the guy that had his head smashed was in town. Oh, that was in town. I he just was, No, he was on the edge of town. And oh. he just walked out of the woods and just, you know, what we're thinking is it just, you know, pop. Yeah. Now you don't got brains. Right, yeah. Wonder if that was intentional or not, or if it was. Just... I think it was. This thing, I don't know what caused this level of aggression, mm-hmm. but it seems like it was always there first because the natives were avoiding the area actively. Yeah, uh, and then once the cannery is built, it was never too aggressive. It wasn't friendly by any means, but it wasn't crossing its line as long as you weren't crossing it. It was really just targeting the people and not washing their heads. They were crossing its line. Yeah. That seems. Then it seems like something happened, and I was looking for that. Like, did somebody shoot at it? Did you know? Was there just? I can't. Some incident. Well, yeah. you don't know. Like, right. And it's the lost guys in with time. The, the guys in the deep woods. You know, what if one of them, you know, took a shot at it or just something? You yeah, know, I kind of look at this group that was hunting uh, moose. Mm-hmm. That maybe something else had happened, and they just didn't want to. Uh, talk about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's active hunters there constantly because they had to feed the town. Mm-hmm. There was no farming. Right, or any any real level of farming, everybody ate fish mostly because that's just what the resource no, was. No real cornfields up there, not yet. They will, they'll get there. Oh, okay, they're coming. Ah, oh, all right. But yeah, <laughs> it's just. But yeah, so and then the eighteen-inch footprint, and then I don't have it on this story, but one of the stories is at that time it was a very weird to have. A, it was a really big lack of bear. Okay. The bear weren't seen anywhere near the area. They Which were is, there. Mountain men and stuff, the hunters would see bear all the time. Once you got X 
away from Camp the Bear. Uh, but it just is weird that the Salmon River was there, and there's a cannery constantly producing byproducts, and there wouldn't seem to be a lot of bear. Bear. So I wonder if this thing was living fairly near this spot. I, I, we're going to get into it, I think. Okay. But yes, I think that you're correct. Okay. Because uh, when we talk about the chromium mine, the chrome mine, those are the actual mine is in a natural cave system. Okay. Right on the beach. Okay. And some people say that Nantanok lives in the caves. Like the chromium mine caves? Yeah. They're not purposely living in the, for the chromium or nothing. Well, no. They're just living in the hole that was right. there. Because it's right next to the river, the beach, it's perfect home. Mm-hmm. And there's that's the only fresh water in the area. That's uh, not the river. That makes sense. Uh, it's spring water. It's the only spring water. Because mm-hmm. uh, the river is fine, but you know it's river water. Mm-hmm. Spring water is always clean. And that's that seems like there's a lot of accounts of fresh springs and Bigfoot mm-hmm. kind yeah. of being a spot where they hang out. And we want to say they're close to us. You know, they're susceptible to the same diseases probably as us mm-hmm. at some level. So the big one in Alaska and the anywhere is beaver fever. Ah. Uh, there's a, it's a worm, I believe, that lives inside of beaver's tracks, digestive tracks, that gets in the waterway as part of its life cycle. It messes us up. What's it do? It's just constant, like, diarrhea, sickness, just, <sighs> but it's weeks and weeks. And it, it can be fatal. So it sounds like, Especially yeah. at this time. Oh, right now, yeah. Like, no, I'm talking in the 50s. Oh, oh, this, I thought you meant No, like, here we get, before you go to the hospital, you're going to be fine. Oh, okay. We have a pill for it now. Of course we do. But then, you know, it could be a death sentence, because if you get diarrhea, you, oh, it, you know, you you can die. Dehydrate real fast. Fast. Yeah. But yeah. So, once all the, like, there was bodies at one time being discovered in this harbor. Man. I, it's hard to find exact numbers, mm-hmm. but it was a lot. Yeah. It wasn't like one or two. It was like five to ten. That's a lot. And I couldn't find the number. That's a mass murder. I'm trying not to use the, the show Alaskan Killer Bigfoot for my information. Okay. Because I think we're going to talk about them in, in detail here in a minute. But I think they doll it up a lot to make it scarier, which it doesn't need to be. Make it more fun for TV, I This guess. is not a, This is not a light story. Not at all. But they said something like 40 or something bodies were found this year, like mangled. I think it was... This year? That year. The or, 1950s. Yeah, this, this, yeah. The 1949. And I think like 10 of them were in this one lot. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. And I think he was just throwing them in the river because it knew it ended up in town. Oh, yeah. Because the river ended in town. Yeah. Where else is it going to end up, that mm-hmm. body? That's really sending a message. I really... A lot of this seems to be very direct. Go. What do you mean? Leave. Like, whatever oh, Nancy gotcha. is, is saying leave. Yeah, I get that. Well, yeah, when when your neighbor's uh, head starts floating down the river by you, uh, I think that takes would be a sign to me, all right, let's pack up and move out. Yeah, it's... I don't care what... Uh, I mean, the first guy that got turned to putty? Yeah, that should have been enough, right? That should have been a guy being like, okay, so, see, that's not a person. Because, see, a lot of people were thinking this were murderers. right. Uh, in in history, they always blame murderers. A lot of people were hung in this town for murdering people that they probably didn't murder. Ooh, that's not a good history. And uh, that's why lesson. there's also a lot of ghosts. Because mm. there's a lot of uh, reported activity of ghosts and stuff like that. Because, mm. and then people think it's because uh, there was a lot of people getting blamed for people dying. Yeah. So people were being killed brutally. And then, and pe- then people were being killed yeah. for killing those people brutally that they probably didn't kill. Yeah. 
Because this town at this point, every time somebody died, would have just wanted an answer. Right, yeah. Like, who did this? It sounds like a lot of trauma building up in that town, that it was, area. I mean, there's a reason it got abandoned very fast. But people hung on for a long time. Uh, how about that postmaster? What, being brave, sticking there for that long? A year longer than after everybody left. Now, does he have any... He, not to jump ahead, does he have any accounts of when, in, within that year? Not within the year. Okay. Uh, I think stuff really, really, really slowed down. Like once everybody left, yeah. I think that's what got what I wanted. He was kind of he still kind of talked about having strange stuff happening. Uh, I think he reported rock throws. Okay, but nothing at the level. Well, I was on. Obviously, he lived. So in postmasters at the time, it's weird to think about. A lot of the world in the U.S. Uh, the U.S. continent, uh, the North American continent, was founded by the postmasters. Oh, really? Like towns were built around the post office. Right. So the postmaster would explore out first and build the post office. Hmm. Interesting. Like Ada. Do you yeah. know Ada's named after the postmaster's daughter? I did. Uh, I think I always thought it was like farmer's daughter. Because it was, uh, it was, oh, I can't remember. It's a name town. Hmm. It's like Williamstown or something like that. Yeah. It was something. Oh, yeah. You know, it might have been like Jamestown or something. It was something. Jamestown. It was Jamestown. Yeah. We were Jamestown, Ohio. And then the postmaster, literally, I can't remember which winter it was, but it was just like the Balto story. Uh, oh, yeah. Where there was seriously a bad sickness, and he had to go out and get this medicine, and he did, so the town renamed it after his daughter. That's awesome. So that's What why, a hero. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were literally, we lose it now because it's not the same anymore. At this time, postmasters were like the explorers. They got as far as they could go. To make sure that there was still communication. Yeah. They were your connection to the world. Man. And they're just not, they weren't giving enough credit. It's weird to think right. about, but literally, especially yeah, like out west and stuff, like the Pony Express was just for the mail. Uh, you're right, right, yep. Like, it's so weird to think about that the world was built around the post service, the postal service. That's how you moved information. But so, but the these guys way. would literally go and form these post offices. Mm-hmm. Okay. See, I, I don't know. So that's I why it's a big deal for them to abandon their post, especially at this time. It's really different. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, such a sense of duty, and they put so much effort. It's like abandoning your ship when it's sinking as yes, a captain. Yes, that's yeah. a good that's a good way to look at it. Or your child or something like that. You know, he's put so much time and effort into this place. Right, yeah. He's the guy. He's not the founder of the town or nothing like that, but he is the lifeblood to the rest of the world, to this town. That's Yeah, that's a good way to put it. So even after everybody left, it was very hard for him to go. Yeah. To go, and then it still it was still a lot of spooky stuff happening. That would be an interesting. There should be a movie written about that year. I'm sure it would be a good movie. Yeah, but yeah, here we go. Intellectual property. We're we're claiming our stake right now. We're we've written a script about a postmaster that stayed in an abandoned town. Where everyone was run off by Bigfoot, and this is his account where he fought his way out to save the town and revive it back to life. That's our script. If you steal it, give us half. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> All right. So we're going to jump on. Do you have anything about those yet? Um, not really yet. Okay. We haven't really gotten into besides the stories. but Right. And that's what, yeah, we're just dancing around the stories right yeah. now. All right, so we're going to jump up to 1970s. I don't have the exact year for this. Okay, so, but 20 years later after the town yes. was abandoned. Yep, it was in the 70s. Uh, fishermen were forced to take refuge uh, from a storm that was just fierce. Uh, so they, they pulled into Portlock. They didn't want to. 
but it's the only cove they had that they could get into and be mm-hmm. safe. They knew there was buildings and stuff they could get into if they needed to. Uh, this I can't remember what they're called in the Pacific Ocean, uh, but it's like a hurricane is happening right now, and they're in a little boat out in the open ocean. Yeah, so they need shelter. But that's how structure. that's how scared the locals and the natives are of this area. Right, that they, is that they go were there. debating it. <laughs> uh, right out this polar hurricane, or go to this haunted town. Yeah, and they were really debating it. <laughs> yeah, like that's what I'm stressing. Is that like? <laughs> So you know it, it's not a, a thought. Like, it's not like, oh, okay, there's a building over there. That's going. Yeah. Like, am I going <laughs> to storm certain death or horrible death? Yeah, what's my better chance of living? Okay, so they picked the camp. Okay, wise choice. So the fishermen are forced, once again, to take refuge from a storm report. And they were, so they get in this town. They immediately at that night reported something strange uh, walking on two feet around their camp, and it's constant. It doesn't stop walking. Hmm. It's circling them, sizing them up is what they feel like. It terrified them. They left as soon as possible, and these guys are literally like waiting to like Get once the storm, there. like not even for the storm to go away. Yeah, like for it to where they're not going to die. Certainly, yeah. If they leave, they left in a bad storm still. Okay. So, uh, but this like literally after they set up camp, they just constant. Something's walking. This perimeter of camp, just out of view, and two feet. And it's like it's just they were a hundred percent certain it wasn't a bear. Yeah, uh, they've been around bear their whole life. You know, they're like, this is not a bear. Whole different presence. Yeah. Uh, so seventy years after the the hauntings is what they call it started, they were still continuing when people visit the area. Pretty much every time somebody comes, it comes back to life. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want to call this, a Sasquatch or ghost or all of it, it's yeah. all you know. It's very woo. But so the ghost town of Portlock has a mysterious story. Whether or not it's a stronghold for Bigfoot in Alaska, uh, you can decide for yourself. The disappearances in the bodies found uh, were too horrible for anyone to continue living in this town. Yeah. Oh, man. That's not a place I really... Maybe, it, I, maybe I reconsider yeah. at the top of the show. Yeah, future yeah Bigfoot you're site. a little... I mean... Well, I still no five thousand dollars. I'd still be there. I don't know. I'd stay on the boat. It's good salmon fishing. Send me in. I'll do it. Yeah, you'll until never I, see you again. That's. I mean, is until I get that one good scare, I'll be sprinting back to the boat. But oh, you know, I would explore it. But literally, like it was so. I've watched the documentary on this a couple. Uh, there's a, a bunch of documentaries on it. Uh huh. And then we're going to talk about Last Killer Bigfoot after we talk about the real story. Okay. Because I have strong opinions on that. Okay. Uh, I hate the name first off. Alaskan killer Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. It's just to sell stuff. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, it's It was from day one. Weird stuff was happening. Mm-hmm. Up until, I mean, every time somebody comes, it sparks back up. Whatever the presence is, doesn't leave. That's what's weird. Is that the, is that 70s, the most modern account? No, we're going to talk about Alaskan killer Bigfoot. Oh, that's here right. Okay. Which is 2019 to 2021. Oh, okay. So very recent. Mm-hmm. Right. And their new season comes out this year. So I'd like to see what they say. But, um, yeah, it never leaves. And if it's Bigfoot, it's definitely a family of Bigfoot or a certain population of Bigfoot or something. Because, mm-hmm. you know, that'd be very old. I don't oh, know how long Bigfoot live, but right. 200 years is a... Be sticking around. That's, that's a while. So it sounds like a family. It could be like a generational thing. Yeah. This area seems to be very important. Uh, and once again... It was literally such a good salmon fishery. They mm-hmm. built the cannery right, right beside the river. Yeah. They were literally catching salmon in these things and just throwing them on a conveyor about to go into the factory. 
Right. And there was chromium. Like there's chrome, which is a very valuable metal, right around the corner. Like mm-hmm. literally. So it's a good spot for resources for us human beings. To yes. Have, to and it would be. And the wildlife was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. It was easy hunting, is what I've seen worded a, a, many times in my search. Okay. Uh, that the moose population was great. Uh, the uh, I'm not sure about all the other small. They really just talked about the moose. Like yeah, because they would kill one moose. You know, one feed moose a lot, could feed a lot of people. A lot, a lot of people. And. It just was weird because no, the moose hadn't been hunted in this area by people, mm-hmm. uh, even the natives. So it was easy to hunt them because they weren't expecting you to walk up and just blast them. Right, yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I think, well, we can get into, I don't know, do you want to get into thoughts? What do you think about the whole story? So it sounds like, to, well, the whole story in general is quite frightening, quite gruesome, and a reminder that they're not. Like you always say, the big friendly giant in the They're woods. They're not the, yeah. They, I really feel like, I don't know what line was crossed by this town, mm-hmm. but something happened that flipped the switch. And it was always aggressive. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It was aggressive since day one. It killed people for the whole time. But literally, some of the bodies were torn in half. Some of the bodies had limbs removed. Uh, like brutally killed. Some of the bodies were, they were piecing together and they realized they were two different people. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty bad. It's like, pretty this was. It's. I'm not giving it justice of how gruesome. Yeah. This. Uh, these. Some of these attacks were, like, literally, for the deliberation. Like the guy that got his head smashed. Yeah. Like that was one movement. Whatever that was, was that's what it wanted to do. What if it just put its hands beside its around his head and just squeezed? I don't. I no. It wasn't like that because you'd see, like, it pop like a zit. Oh, okay. This was like fist on top. Just like a hammer. It yeah. Like a massive hammer and hit this guy in the top of the head and just flattened him. My gosh. And <laughs> not that that's funny, but No, it's just it's it's I get it. It's just so overwhelming. Yeah. I just laugh. <laughs> and then uh so yeah, I think it was like 80% of the worker force left in 2 days. Okay. It yeah, uh, once, <laughs> once uh once the natives realized it was not enough. Like, "Oh. Okay." Well, we're all going to die if we stay here. Right, yeah. He's going to kill every one of you. <laughs> one by one if he has that's what, to. Like, that's what they were saying. Yeah. Like, I can't remember the name of the, like, the kind of the main guy that was talking to, like, the white people about okay. it. But that's what he's like. Telling the legend. Yeah, he's like, no, that's Nantanak. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, literally the stories we have, the signs of what Nantanak gives you when you step over his line. Mm-hmm. And he's going to kill every one of you. Yeah. He's going to kill every one of us. He don't care where you're from, uh, but we... We're gonna leave, right? Yeah, we're, we're gonna, yeah. We're not gonna take the we're risk. We're gonna peace out here. <laughs> this is what we're gonna do. Uh, and then they did, right? And it. I can't remember. I think the guy that ran the cannery was kind of thinking it was a way for them to get better salaries, so he called their bluff. Mm, okay. And it was nothing to do with money, right? Yeah. But the, I think I can't remember who the guy was, but he was like, "Yeah, okay, you're scared of the Bigfoot." Oh, yeah. they actually left. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Maybe they're serious. And then, uh, yeah. And then, it just is so many dead people. Yeah, that's what's scary about I it. I think it was 1949, and it, like I said, the reports are different. Mm-hmm. But it was like 40 to 50 people. And I wonder if like I've seen as high as 200. In oh that my year. gosh. Well, that was just kind of curious how how big the operation was to begin with, and how. Uh, it was a town of like 2,000. Okay. 
it was a big workforce. It was a big, it was not small. And then they had people that from the local towns that would come and stay and work. Yeah. Um, well, I just wonder if it maybe it grew and it expanded just a little bit too and far. And they were certain, I, I guess it left out a spot. They were starting to clear cut areas to expand the town and expand mm. the town and expand the town. Because you go back now, you can see the new forest versus the old forest. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're old trees still, don't get me wrong, but they're you can tell they're younger than. So that's what some people think is that they just finally took too much. Yeah. Because that's almost what it seems like. It seems like they. They pressed too far. Yeah. Like they got it, too big. It left them alone, but it. It never was like it was never friendly. friendly, and it oh it killed people from you know the first year on. Yeah, but it never was flat flat out coming for you. It was just almost going to leave you be, but as long as if you got in its way, then it would. Mm-hmm. But if if you didn't, it would leave you alone. It sounds like they kind of just got a little too far, and then all right, enough's yeah. enough. I'm done. It Leaving was, you alone didn't work. It was one tree. I'm sure it was probably. It was just like this is the line. It's probably and had this. Sasquatch stash in that tree. I mean, no, I was just thinking, like, it's just so weird that, like, in its brain, it was probably like, you know, this is the line. Yeah. They're coming up to it, and there they fell the last tree. This is the tree I climbed as a kid. Mm-hmm. And then it just snapped. Yeah. And, you know, you, just, you know, which report you want to read and believe. Anywhere, I think the real number is around 40 to 50 people it killed mm-hmm. in 1949. Uh, but I've seen 200. And I, I think it was like people were going missing left and right, and they weren't finding bodies. Yeah, that's not good. Like literally, people <laughs> like workers, these big men of the Alaskan wilderness, were yeah. scared to go to work in small groups. These are not your, you know, because it was they'd have to walk to work. Exactly. Like, there's a trail, and uh, and the documentaries they go through this trail, and there's like a bridge, and it goes through the forest, and that's where everybody was disappearing. Oh, on that trail. Yeah. Wow. And like these big groups of big men were terrified to walk to work. And it's not, because they had buddies going disappearing every day. They, they were just It's not your modern day you know man where No, it's average we're all happy now. Yeah, we're all just These are people that had to use their muscles to survive and their will to survive. Burly strapping mm-hmm. men. So it's this is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't something you want in your backyard. No, this is like you said, this is a good example of what I always say is these are not your friendly giants. This is not the kind I'd like to meet. Or and they can, it can, I think this could be any one of them. I just think. Could be. Yeah, you know, definitely could be. They can all turn into this if they need to. Yeah. And they will literally, like I said, they were putting bodies together that weren't the same people. That's, that's what's, that's nuts. Because they had arms, legs, pieces of torso. And yeah. They're that, trying to ID these people. Yeah, that's nuts. And like, oh, this is two different people. They're the same color. Sh- well, they probably all were in the same yeah, work they, uniform. They, yeah, they didn't have clothes. Okay. These were chunks of body they'd pull out of the river. Man. Yeah, that's scary. Very frightening. But I still want to go. So, I believe this all happened. There's a lot of documentation for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not many parts of this original story I just read you. I doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it It happened pretty accurately of how it's reported. What it's, if there's any family members of like people that... Yes, there is. Survived. Or yes, there's still. Uh, so now we're going to talk about, well, anything. What else do you have to say about this? Um, I'm going to agree with you. I would agree that all the accounts are fairly, you know, I think, I, I think, based you know, in truth. They're based. It's mostly accurate or whatever. It, you, the yeah. numbers and stuff can be very off and stuff. But, but the whole on the whole, it's a 
We do know the mass exodus happened. Yes. We do know this town was basically abandoned in two days. And we know people are scared to still inhabit it. Do you know why it took two days for abandonment? They didn't have enough ship to get people away. Out of there. Wow. It took two days worth of travel. Or ships running to come extra in. ferries to nearby villages. Yeah. Just they go constantly running ferries to get people out of this town. Wow. Yeah, that's a big deal then. People were they not going back to their houses anymore. Yeah. They were staying on the beach waiting for the next ferry. That's nuts. I wanna go. I do not. I'll stay on the boat. <laughs> you can watch me with binoculars. And then so now we're gonna talk about modern. There's the Alaskan Killer Bigfoot series. Okay. And it's a group of I th- think they're all at least partially native. Uh, from the local villages. So now the local villages are having a problem is that with, they're getting to, they're, they're, most of these villages are like 80 to 90% uh, sustenance from the wild. Okay. But they're getting too big to be supported by their local ecosystems. Okay. So they need to keep expanding. So basically the premise of this is this group wants to re-inhabit Portlock because they, like I said, the areas they need to inhabit are very specific. They can't just, plop anywhere on the coast right and build a settlement you'll that's a good way to be you know gone with the next storm right exactly you need these these certain harbors and Six bays spots. yeah to have these kind of rocky outcrops just places that are so portlock has like mountains in front of it in the water okay like literally these islands that come up there like tall mountains and that's why it's so safe is like literally it'll bounce the storms off it right blocks all the big mm-hmm. waves and whatnot everything it's yeah. amazingly safe from the weather yes um yeah from the weather yeah and the ice flows and stuff like there'll be ice flows that can just take a whole village away oh oh, i bet yeah i bet um so you need you need these rocky outcrops to Mm -hmm. keep you safe so their whole thing is they're just trying to see they the show is very entertaining okay i'm gonna say that right now i like the show the show is very entertaining i've never watched it it is very mountain monstery Oh, okay. Not as not as mountain monstery, but like they have um oh not Meldrum. Ron Warhead. Okay. He comes up and he talks about his quantum Bigfoot theory and stuff like that. Cause like and they have thermals. I think it's about thirty percent real with the stuff they encounter and stuff like that. Uh but they even perform exorcisms trying to ban not to knock and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But that's the show. It's just... What well, what would you do to make peace with it? If you you had to can't live? at well, this point, I don't think. What if, what if you're forced to live there, you have one option to try and make peace? What would you do? I think my head would be liquid. <laughs> you got, I'm if forcing I have you. To try, I'm yeah. really not going 300 feet off the beach. You Would, would you offer it anything? Like a jar of peanut butter? Now, see, native uh, Pacific Westerners, and I think up into Alaska, would always, when they caught fish... They would always leave extras for their Bigfoots. Huh. Like if they caught five, they'd leave two. Yeah. That's good. And that's how they knew their stuff would get left alone too. Right, yeah. Because then the Bigfoot, like they were having problems with the Bigfoot pulling the net out. Mm, okay. So you know how you can tell whether a bear would pull a net out or a Bigfoot would pull a net out? I'd imagine a bear would chew through the net to get the fish. A bear bites the net and walks backwards and drags it out. Okay. So the whole net's laying out. Oh, okay. People stand in one spot and pull the net in. Yeah. Bigfoot does the same thing. Hmm. So yeah. then you have a pile of net. Instead of what strung mm-hmm. out. Oh, yeah. And there's some talk with that with the uh, with the fishing wheels. Like, the, these those people would still leave salmon and stuff on the bank for their Bigfoot. Yeah. And some people say they actually did it for their bear. They just, you know, 
the folklore is they did it for their mountain people or mm-hmm. the Bigfoot or whatever you want to. Every tribe has a different name, right? For right. the same thing. Uh, but that's like their payment of big. Okay, you're leaving us alone, or okay, we're sharing this area, but here we're sharing the resource with you, right? So you no, you leave us be. And I don't think there was any of that happening. And then I think they were just taking too much, because the salmon population there has never recovered, even to today. Today, yeah. they took so many fish. Wow. And, and that could be it too. They thought, yeah, there, there's there's talk about that, which is why they destroyed the wheels and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, they think the salmon, the king salmon population up there, would have not survived another ten years. So Bigfoot was saving. So the, the town would have disappeared anyways. Yeah, he just accelerated the. Yeah, well, yeah. Before they completely destroyed it, he was feeding the fish with chunks of human. There you go. He's, he was repopulating the fish. Give him back. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so they were taking way too much. They were starting to clear cut. At the end, and I think that may have been the point, is that at the last couple of years, it went from a small settlement to a huge village. Yeah. And it was starting to ramp up production. Mm-hmm. The cannery, the houses, the church. They had a church, a school. Like, it was getting big. You know, it, what we should do, and this might be a good thing for humanity, me and you, we go we can go up there, Port's, Port Lock. Port Lock. We're going to capture this Bigfoot. Or entice him in, get on our boat. We're going to take him back to D.C. and let him drain the swamp. There you go. <laughs> but to answer Very your, brutally. Yeah, to answer your question, though, originally, that's what I would do. I would try not to leave the shoreline as much as possible, but it's hard because that's where it gets the coldest. Yeah. yeah. But then just leave food out for him and just hope. And just hope he's mm-hmm. nice enough well, to yeah. not squish you yeah. or peel you or peel you apart. Yeah, because that's what a lot of people say, that you're safe if you don't leave the beach. Mm, okay. Well, yeah, because you're not touching the resources. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you going to do out there, Freeze? But people... Uh, oh, I, I did miss a story. He would pull people out of the boats in the harbor. <laughs> that's how he got... The, it's part of the legend of the Otter Man, is like they would come out... And like they're such good swimmers. Oh, we pull them like into the water. Yeah. Oh, okay. They they you can hold their breath and swim so strongly. Oh man. That they get in the water like so, one guy even seen him get in and just disappear. Yeah. Just be gone. And then a guy just gone. Yanks, yanked off the boat. Whoop. And you're like, oh, we're gonna die. <laughs> yeah. That would. That's probably the scariest thing out in the water. You ever seen Love and Monsters? I don't think so. That's the final end is like there's a monster coming to get these guys on the boat and they see it swimming like, oh, we're going to die. Yeah. That's what the guy says. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, there's nothing we can do. Yeah. And that's how the movie ends? Oh, yeah. And the monster kills everybody. Oh, okay. Then I figured it just let it open to no, yeah, no, no. It gets them. He did it with a smile. <laughs> they were torturing the monster for years before that. Oh, well, so justified. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, we had some stories earlier about Bigfoot swimming in two, like a few of them. Yeah, we have. Uh, and we were not going to share those yet because they're not released yet. Well, that one not, yeah. And, and then there are other stories that are a part of that episode because we brought them up too. Oh, yeah, true. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'll be in a future episode. Yeah, but yeah, no, Bigfoot has always been acclaimed <laughs> to be quite a good swimmer. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot, especially our coastal and shoreline Sasquatch populations, that's a big part of their diet because it's easier. Mm-hmm. Just shoreline, I mean, invertebrates, crustacean, mollusks. Mm-hmm. So another thing about Portlock is the mollusk beds. Ah, uh, they have giant mollusk beds, and that is like I can't remember which town it is that the Alaskan killer Bigfoot people are from, but that's their main food source is these mollusk beds, and they're starting to overwork them. Oh, so okay. it, it's it's a rough line, but you got to eat. Yeah, and that's where they're at. Is like 
So you need a town with these mollusk beds because you can kind of not actively farm them, but manage them. Yeah, yeah. Makes uh, sense. Yeah, so they're getting to their mollusk beds are being just overworked because they have a bigger population than the mollusk beds mm-hmm. can support. Mm-hmm. And so they know, you know, it, but you got to eat. Like, right. You got to feed yeah. your kids. You yep. got to take the resource. Yep. But so that's another reason why, mm-hmm. according to the show, there's a really big push to go and look at port lock because it's only like a six hour boat ride uh from this other from the next town mm-hmm. which isn't very far for these people for going no. out for you know it's not that bad six hour boat ride i mean it's not it's like 30 miles 40 miles it's not okay so not terribly far yeah you can't get there from land unless you're bigfoot i mean yeah bigfoot could get there <laughs> not us but not us vulnerable to the environment beings and there's caves everywhere in this area there's vertical shafts. Like, these are just holes that go in the ground. Well, that attributes to our theory and stuff about Bigfoot I, migration I think and inhabiting. I think it's a lot. That it's just the Bigfoot didn't want to give up the area. Mm-hmm. And I think I think there's a lot more Sasquatch in Alaska and places like that. So I don't think they have the option to just leave and find a new area. Right, yeah. there's other Sasquatch they got to compete with. I was going to say, that could be the point to where they got pushed to and they found this spot. This is there. theirs, you yeah, know, and like, this is their their populations, you know, and they just got pushed. And now, okay, now you're, you're doing our resources too. Mm-hmm. And now they're going to push back. Mm-hmm. That's what we need is, I think maybe Bigfoot's being suppressed because there's a big, going to be a Bigfoot surge of pushback. I don't think so. I think this happened because it was just rural enough and just early enough. If this would have happened 10 years ago, yeah, it'd be dead. Yeah, probably. With modern firearms and modern technologies and thermal imagers, they'd be like, okay, he's right there. And then they didn't, uh, you know, then they'd have blown him up with Tannerite. Gosh, I hope, why? Yeah, that's not good. I wish they would make a surge back and be Think on Think about team. the second, like, three big, uh, three bodies end up washed up in the shore. He'd be dead. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There'd be black helicopters flying in there mm-hmm. that night. Yeah. Hmm. So what else? Anything else you think? Well, this is a scary... Uh, what's the word I'm trying to say? Uh, to put it... Just to put it right back in front of you that this is a scary... Can be a scary encounter if you encounter a Bigfoot. Or just in general. Like I, This is a good reminder... There you go. Of their capabilities there you go that's what i was searching for because i obviously i love all the sasquatch stuff yeah i don't think 90 percent of the time 99 percent of the time they're ever out to hurt you but this is point that they are not your buddy right as much as you want them to be as much as i want them to be mm-hmm. they can turn on you in a yeah. second the second that it no longer benefits them there you go no longer them being peaceful may cause detriment to them yeah. The second that turns. Yeah, that's I mean, a good way to put it. You're going to be confetti. I mean, literally some of those bodies, that's how they were described when I was reading about them. It was like just chunks of people. Like thrown through a grinder? Like, it's weird. It's like literally handfuls of people being ripped apart. Yeah. And they're literally trying to put these bodies together to figure out who they are so they can tell their family they're dead. Very well could have been little handfuls. Could you imagine pushing, putting a person together and realizing it's two people? No. <laughs> I can't. I got a lot of extra parts. Yeah. Wait, Steve has... Did Steve have three arms or not? <laughs> that tattoo does there's not... A, there's a hole there that looks like an arm should be in there. But yeah. 
I think this is a a true Bigfoot story for the most part. Yes. I you know I everything can be exaggerated. I, you know, I do think the core is happened. Yes, I think the core definitely lies in some truth. Yeah, I think that they're still there. I think they're still just as aggressive. We gotta go. I don't want to. Five thousand dollars to our most favorite. Tell you what, fan listener. I'll tell you what. If a Patreon really gives us five thousand dollars, we will go. And, and I'll, I'll sit there and I'll pee myself the entire time. I'll even let you stay on the boat and watch. I will explore the town and the only thing there's not much left. I'll explore the remnants. The, I, I think the only really thing of the cannery left is like this big like uh, switch station for one of the conveyor belts. Okay. And it's really like there's not much you can see still. Yeah. I'd say that if anything that's left, it would be anything that was made of stone, and they probably didn't do too much concrete or stone. There's a little bit. There's not much. There's a monolith in the middle of town. What? Yeah. Well, you never mentioned that earlier. Oh, sorry. Why is there a monolith? Actually, nobody knows. Okay. What's this? Mo- now, this is a whole other thing to dive into. What's this monolith look like? Like a monolith? It's like a like a pyramid triangled shape that's really tall. Like big. a... Like the Washington Monument? Yeah, just like that. Whoa. I, there's something to those, and I don't know what they are. I don't know what they are. I mean, I don't know why people I'm not them. laughing at you. So I said nobody knows what it is, because according to Alaskan Killer Bigfoot, the show, they don't know what it is. Okay. But it, they, they kind of told you what it is. I know what it is. What is it? When the town's first founded by Captain... Let me flip back. Ahab? Yeah, Captain Ahab. <laughs> No, uh, Nathaniel Portlock. Oh, uh, to claim it, you have to erect one of these things, hmm. and it has to be visible from where you'd park the boats. Hmm. And it is. It wouldn't like at the time it would have been, and it was made out of shellcrete, which okay. is like uh, just concrete made out of shells. Yeah, but that's why it's still there. Is because it's really tough stuff, mm-hmm. and that's what they think it is. There's no actual like. All the words that would have been on it are gone. Yeah. It obviously has eroded quite heavily. I'd like to know the history of it, though, because... Uh, but yeah, there's a big monolith in the middle of town. Yeah, that's interesting. It's a lot older than the town. Because I don't know the history of those or it, how they made them, how they erected them. Why. So these guys would put them everywhere. Yeah. If it's that thing, mm-hmm. they put them everywhere that they thought they could have built a village. Yeah. So like at least got some kickback from the, the British government for interesting. it. Interesting. I want to know the process in making one. Basically, you take a bunch of shells and you keep stacking them. And I say it. And you, yeah. There's got to be more to it. Nah. Well, you grind them up too. Oh, okay. And then once they get wet, they harden into well, shape. You, that's what I'm saying. You, what do you? Do, are they building forms and like? Yeah, yeah. They, I think they actually had forms on the boat for them. Mm, okay. Because, like I said, every captain was doing this. Well, yeah. Because they wanted their kickback. They want their their steak. Because basically, these first groups are just going through finding these areas and marking them, and then they'd report back, okay, these are, you know, all the areas you could build. Yeah. Interesting. I think they were energy devices. This isn't one of those monoliths. Oh, okay. It's big, and it's kind of Washington Monument-like, but it's mostly just shell creek. Yeah, but there's you can harness energy through that, I'm sure, in some way or shape or form. Don't think calcium is a very good energy harvester. Well, we don't know the properties of these things. We know the properties of calcium pretty good. <laughs> but not their intentions, I guess. Their intentions is to be calcium. Well, yes, but what they're repurposed for. 
what this monolith really was oh, meant for. Yeah. No, the monolith's older than the town, though, by a lot. Oh, I bet. I bet. It's ancient history, basically. It's prehistory, that monolith. I don't, wouldn't say prehistory. It's probably the 1787 is when it er- was erected. And that's probably is not. But yeah, the good show was like talking about this monolith. They always talk about this monolith, the whole show. Yeah. And then I don't know they're like, they, they say that fact for like 10 seconds. Hmm. And then they like, so they buzz past it. And then they go back to talk about other stuff. Oh, okay. It, it, it's kind of makes me think though. There's like supposedly a monolith on Mar- the moon on Mars. Yeah, sure. Buzz Aldrin said he's, there's one there, and there's pictures of it. You can look it up and see it. What if someone would stake their claim there? That's all it is. Hmm. There you go. Just drive by, throw the rock out the window. Yeah. This one's mine. Yep. Hmm. They need iron. If they need iron, that's a good planet. But it's on the moon, not on Mars itself. Oh. On one of Mars' moons, there's a monolith. It's weird. I'll show you the picture when we're done. Maybe you got to claim one of the satellites. Yeah, exactly. But... <laughs> Yeah. So what are your final thoughts? I know um, we're already kind of going over our final thoughts, but well, what's your fine, cherry on top? Cherry, cherry on top, final, final thought. We need to go there one day. <laughs> or I need to. There you go. Some, one of us needs to go there. And two, yeah, I think it was a real encounter. I think this stuff really happened. I think it's dangerous, but I think it's also very intriguing. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I think it was. I think it was the resources in the caves that were present for the Sasquatch population. Yeah, I don't know if it was one Sasquatch doing all this, or a group of them, or a lot of them. I think it was a band of bad dudes. It was a gang of them. I want. I I could see one male Sasquatch doing a lot of damage every night. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for uh, sure. But imagine a team like with the same intentions. Oh, see, I think there'd been more death. True. Yeah. I think there'd been a lot of people going missing. Like, there was a lot of people going missing, but I mean, like... Like, systematic... I mean, like, 100 a night. Yeah, they could if they wanted to. Like, there's a pile of bodies on the edge of the woods. A pyramid built out mm-hmm. of heads. But that was the Portlock mystery for everybody at home. That was fun. And the story of a, the Alaska's killer Bigfoot. Yes. That was creepy, scary, fun, intriguing. I don't know. I was going to say any other words. That's about all I got. All right. Well, I think we're good. Yeah. I've been the mysterious Justin. I've been the infamous Jay. And you've been listening to Cryptids of the Corn podcast. Uh, we appreciate your guys' listening. And if you want to hit us up on Patreon, we appreciate it. All right, guys. You've been listening to Cryptids of the Corn. Be sure to join us in the next episode where we tantalize your intellect and expand the horizons of your mind. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we really appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Until then, stay magical.